Hello everyone, Alan Mishra here from Vitality Explorers. Please sign up at vitalityexplorers.com for free scientific information about how to enhance your physical, mental, social, and spiritual well-being. Now, this podcast is based on something special. This is the 50th time I have sent out Vitality Explorer news. Yes, uh, episode 23 of the podcast, but 50 on the uh, Vitality Explorer news. And as always, we are going to start with a quote. And here it is, quote, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. And that's Mahatma Gandhi, of course. Uh, This week's Vitality Explorer News podcast is going to be focused on really two things. Uh, Number one is three vital lessons I learned last week when I was speaking at Cambridge. And the second one is to revisit this idea of serving others that uh, can result in reduced systemic inflammation. So if you're enjoying this podcast, please forward it on to somebody else and also leave us a five-star rating on on Apple Podcasts uh, as we are continuing to grow this to a worldwide audience. And let me explain that because last week I got an amazing opportunity to speak at Cambridge University. I want to start about how that got started and then go into the details of what it's like to be at Cambridge, what I learned, and hopefully get a little bit of an idea of of, uh, why it was so special and the three vital lessons I learned. So you can think of what I was invited to as a commencement address for my annual meeting for young surgeons. And this was an absolute dream gig for me. But the origin of how that happened started eight years ago in Mumbai, India. And I was speaking in a meeting and I met... A, a doctor at that time who was from Cambridge, first name's Vickis, you can read all the details of all this on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, but we were junior faculty members in an international biologics meeting. We had bonded over having a, uh, a beer at that meeting, and I asked him, I said I wanted to uh, sometime come visit him in Cambridge and have a drink at the Eagle Pub. Now, the Eagle Pub is famous for, for being the place where Watson and Crick went went to after discovering the structure of the DNA, comma, with the help of Rosalind Franklin and her images. They euphorically declared when they got to the pub that they had discovered the secret of life. And then, of course, as the English like to do, they drained a couple pints. So I was kind of joking with him about that, and I didn't realize what would happen in the, in the ensuing years. My friend became a big-shot consultant orthopedic surgeon at Cambridge, the president of the British Ship Society, and then he invited me to speak at the annual meeting that they, they have in Cambridge. Um, but what, what it taught me, and I'm going to go into the details of what happened last week when I was in Cambridge, but I think what this taught me at that time is he and I in, in Mumbai, India, were not trying to you know talk about medicine. We were literally just having fun. And I think sometimes we discount having fun <laughs> uh, as we strive to climb what I call the never-ending ladder of success. So suspend your disbelief that fun is important. Just enjoy yourself sometimes uh, at your work fun- functions and, and really try to connect with colleagues instead of just um, you know, bantering about it. Really listen to them. Because I think uh, we, we, we don't have to always have professional value when we're interacting with some, somebody else. Do it because it's intrinsically valuable. All right, now let's get on to this because really last week was pretty, pretty special and it was brilliant, but what happened was really not expected, all right? 
And most of what I'm, um, I'm talking to you about now, I actually wrote up in a little post. It's on the Vitality Explorer News on Substack. And again, you can see more of this if you want to read all the details and see the amazing pictures of how of the beautiful Cambridge campus. Um, when I went there, when I got the invitation, I took it very seriously. And I was going to give two keynote speeches. One was on how to enhance vitality, and the other was on my platelet-rich plasma biologic research. Now, when I got there, first of all, Cambridge is an incredibly gorgeous campus. All right, for those of you who've been to Princeton, it looks a little bit like Princeton, but it's 800 years old, and the town is sort of integrated in, in and around these beautiful colleges like King's College and Trinity College, and it's just staggering to, to describe how beautiful it is. Um, and I encountered people of all ages. My goal for the, for the presentations was to energize them about both vitality and about biologic orthopedics. Um, here, the, here's one of the core lessons I learned while, while I was there. Leading a meaningful life demands sacrifice and consistent hard work. And don't shy away from it. I think you should, we should all embrace hard work and understand in order to have a meaningful life, it will be a challenging life. Now, I'll go over the other two lessons in a second, but here's sort of just a brief narrative of what I did while I was there. And I think the, the, the lessons came from my walking around the campus. And I was strolling around this beautiful campus, and there was sort of this idea came to me that shadows of giants were whispering in my ears. So I had a couple people take me around. I was also reading and looking at some guidebooks. But people like Charles Darwin, Isaac Newton, Alan Turing, and Stephen Hawking kind of whispering to me as I you know, walked around from their various placards and, and colleges that they were there, obviously giants of science. And then, I didn't really know this, but people like Emma Thompson, who's an actress, Hugh Laurie, a famous TV actress, and Sasha Baron Cohen were sort of winking at me from the colleges that they attended as they tried to explain like that, what I call the magical ether that was whirling around in the air of Cambridge. Quite a special place. And I came across this um, gold-plated clock, and they call it the Corpus Clock, many times during my, my two, two and a half, three days there. Uh, and it sort of seemed to follow me around. And it's a really interesting clock because it has sort of this insectoid creature they call a chronophage that is eating up time as it marches relentlessly over the gears. And I, um, you can look up Corpus Clock at Cambridge, or you can look on the Vitality Explorer News Substack to see a picture of this. And at some point, I'll, I'll also po post a little video. But at the base of this clock is a Latin phrase, chiseled, that translates as, quote, the world and its desires pass away. So check that out when you get a chance. A highlight of my time there was having a beer with my friend, and we had talked about it eight years ago. And we went into the Eagle Pub, which is a small pub adjacent to the Cambridge campus. And, of course, they have placards there. And it was sort of a fun checkbox to have a, uh, have a, have a beer with my buddy uh, and, and then what I really didn't expect is all the medical students and residents that I met with their incredibly bright and diligent eyes that were dreaming of becoming an orthopedic surgeon. And I measured their sense of purpose with a tool I call Viscore. It's an online uh, uh, tool. And their sense of purpose was the highest I've ever recorded. They're completely dedicated, I think, to, to a goal that will require them to study for more than a decade after finishing college. Now, now I, did, I did this as well, but I think it's just an epic commitment and their sense of purpose brings them a lot of vitality. 
I also met some doctors in training. They call them, we would call them residents, they call them train trainees, and then the attendings they call trainers or consultants, although all the sort of hierarchy was a little hard to understand, but it was clear these doctors in training loved to sharpen their skills in a variety of ways. They had presented their research during the, this meeting I was at in, in one-minute jam ses sessions with unbounded enthusiasm. They were so exciting. It's a great little format. They were also the ones running the logistics of the meeting, and they did it with unparalleled excellence. And then the consultant surgeons, we would call them attendings or you know, full professors here in the United States, had devoted their lives to alleviating, alleviating the suffering of, of humans. Um, they had sacrificed a lot themselves in terms of time, social time, family time, free time, uh, but that it, it was also allowed them to give back so much, and none of them were complaining about it. The other thing that was fascinating and awesome was the older surgeons had a passion for teaching the younger ones. Their only desire was to help the younger ones become the best possible surgeons, and the camaraderie of the people I met across ages, gender, and status was flat out staggering. Now this is Cambridge University, which they reminded me is the number two university in the world. MIT was number one and Stanford number three in this particular survey. But they did not have egos. They were clearly committed to each other and cared deeply for each other. Now black tie celebration dinner inside the historic King's College uh, put a capstone on the two day, two and a half day meeting. And we were, um, sort of entertained by the Mr. Richard Viller, they call themselves Mr. Not Doctor in, in the UK. He regaled us with stories about his time as a world-renowned hip surgeon and also he served in the English military special forces. And he's now retired, lives in the Lake District of England, but he, he told us a little story because he likes to build what he calls press fit stone walls. So these are walls that are made up of a variety of different stones but there's, there's no cement or grout. So it's a pretty interesting uh, thing that you have to learn because you're trying to put all these different types of stones together and, and build, the, build a wall. But what he told us, and this isn't going to be anywhere near as, as well told as what he said, so I invite you to look up Mr. Richard Viller online, uh, quite an amazing person and, and very, very entertaining speaker. But he told us that some of us will be foundation stones and identify a location for a new wall. Some of us will be like keystones and discover some sort of novel solution to difficult problems. Some of us could also be like what he called crown stones or embellishing the top of the wall with, with style. But what he told us, and what I think is really interesting, is that most of us will be the small stones that do the unseen and difficult work that holds the wall together. And I think that makes the small stones, and this is what he again told us, is that the small stones are the most important ones because without them the wall would crumble and eventually collapse. Now, the unexpected part of this trip, at the end of this wonderful dinner, was, uh, was we ran into the town of Cambridge, which is adorable and unbelievably interesting, but I didn't expect to find a dive bar called La Raza, and I'm an aficionado of how to have fun, and this place was a fun palace, and my erudite new friends demonstrated they were also tenured professors of fun, and never before have I met a group of people with so much academic talent who had so much empathy for humanity and compassion for each other. I really think these were some of the most vital people I ever met. Um, and here's the final two lessons I learned when I was in Cambridge. Number one, team matters. Not everybody can be the foundation stone, the keystone, or the crown stone. Most of us will be those glue stones that hold everything together. And I think if we seek to build a diverse and talented group of people, the entire team will rise towards victory. 
And the final lesson, the third lesson, and, and it goes back to the beginning of this and how I ended up being there by having a beer in Mumbai, is don't forget to have fun. Now, at the bar, nobody was talking about medicine. Everybody was just enjoying the moment in each other's company. It was delightful, or as they like to say in England, brilliant. So thank you to everybody who uh, made my time in Cambridge amazing. And thank you uh, to my friend Vickis for inviting me to, to, to such a prestigious uh, meeting. It really is a time that will hold forever precious. And I hope the lessons that I learn somehow resonate with the people who are listening to this podcast. So the second and final thing we'll do for this week is just review why serving others reduces systemic inflammation. And this is about a little bit of a previous post, but I wanted to review this in the context of the trip to Cambridge. And the lesson is that inflammation is really the enemy of your body. It can be helpful in fighting off an infection or closure of a wound. But if you have uncontrolled inflammation, it's associated with cardiovascular disease, cancer, osteoarthritis, and a whole bunch of other stuff. It really is a significant marker for inflammation, excuse me, a significant marker for aging. Uh, so we should try to, in general, reduce chronic inflammation if we want to be living our most vital lives. Now, sometimes people talk about using non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, but that, those have side effects. And one of the massive goals of Vitality Explorers is to identify specific actionable ways to reduce inflammation that are non-pharmacologic. And the, the published paper that uh, can be found up on the Substack site looked at a 1,000 people and was trying to find that, just that, a non-pharmacologic way to reduce inflammation. And here's what was staggering, is the belief that one can be available to give social support to others correlated with lower levels of IL-6 or interleukin-6. Now, the interleukins are signaling molecules within this bloodstream that, have a uh, that come off a variety of cells, but IL-6 is a powerful and key player that regulates our body's inflammation at lower levels uh, of IL-6 have been correlated with lower levels of chronic inflammation. So here's a quote from the study. The current study examined whether perceived support giving moderates the association between social relationships and systemic inflammation. The primary results supported our hypothesis. So that is perceived support giving in important social relationships. That's with your families, your friends, your spouse. Moderated association between IL-6 and indicators of positive social relationships. So it was really fascinating to see that if we try to give back or suggest or support our friends, family, and spouses, we can reduce our inflammation in our body. So I think that's one thing I would, it's not perfectly done. This is only one study and they weren't, it wasn't a prospective randomized triple blind study. But I think if you're, if you're trying to live your most vital life and uh, you know, from a physical perspective, we wanna get rid of some of our inflammation, but one of the ways you can do that or decrease it, it looks to be is, is in the service of others, which gets back to the quote for this week, which was from our, our friend Mahatma Gandhi. Quote, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. So again, I hope you've enjoyed this week's Vitality Explorer News podcast. Uh, you, can find a, uh, you can sign up on Vitality Explorers for free scientific scientific information about how to enhance your physical, mental, social, and spiritual well-being. And um, please share this podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, dare to be vital.